Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 71 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church, with my friend, you know who I'm talking about, media pastor Josh Harrell. Hello, Josh. How you doing? Hey, Shannon. How's it going? <laughs> hey. It's going great. Yeah. It's going great. Yeah. It's the middle of Holy Week. It is. Yep. 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 Got a worship service tonight. We do. It's six o'clock in the auditorium. Six o'clock. It will be a, a wonderful time. And for those that. of you thinking right now, is there child care provided? Yes. Oh, up at, from birth to pre-K, we will have child care. All right, I'll go birth a kid real quick, and then we'll have I'll have childcare for it. Is that I mean, not how that works? I mean, I wouldn't. Miss- <laughs> I'm not. I mean, we say birth, but obviously yeah. it's like you what know. What is like like eight? Usually, if I remember correctly, it's been almost eleven years now. Um, it's like after eight weeks when they get their first shots. If if is um, that when it's okay to put them around other like that's kids and stuff? what I did with Mallory. So it no. was like, what did the doctor say? Okay, here she yeah. goes into the childcare. Yeah, I know people have different opinions on things. Yes, but most I definitely. Do, I do whatever a doctor says do. Yeah, and I think it was um, they have God given talents for yeah. a reason. And she didn't, you know, she she didn't have a lot of um, illness when she was a baby either. So I think it was good for her to be around others. So yeah. Build that immunity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, birth to uh, or to you know whatever the whatever age you feel comfortable bringing your infant to the nursery, yeah, to pre K, yeah, before kindergarten. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, so um, it's Wednesday of Holy Week. Yep. You mentioned in our last episode, I can't remember if it was in the Monday or Tuesday episode, but you there's a name for today, an official name for this day of the week. It's called Spy Wednesday. Uh huh. And you were like pondering. Yeah, I was curious, and yeah. it's kind of a lame reason, <laughs> but it's the day that Judas started his uh, betrayal. Okay, yeah. So he yeah. became a spy. Gotcha. So he helped like build evidence against mm-hmm. Jesus at starting on Wednesday. Or basically, yeah. was like he's going to be here at this time. Basically, he's going to be yeah. at this garden at this time. Yeah, yeah. How much will you pay me? Oh man, that's a. That's something to go into, like mm-hmm. to imagine like what, I mean, I was, I was reading, um, and I don't remember where or when, but it was that, um, that Judas actually thought he was doing. Yeah. We talked about this last year in the we? podcast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, <laughs> when he thought he was actually, there were some who thought he was actually hurrying along well, um, yeah, the, 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 the whole process, the whole process kingdom yeah. on earth thing yeah. he's like if i make it, if i get him to yeah. where he has to like show his power yeah, yeah. to to not d- mm-hmm. be captured and crucified i'll do what it takes to make that happen well good job retaining that because i'm like i know i talked about it somewhere i just don't remember <laughs> when or where what year what decade yep. i don't know so but yeah so it's wednesday of holy week and um what we've been doing in in our, our first two uh devisodes as we call them is we're just looking at what was transpiring this week leading up to especially Good Friday. Um, and so on this Wednesday of Holy Holy Week, what we find is that uh, the, the people of Jerusalem have, they, they've been gathering, they're gathering for the Passover, the, the Passover celebration. That's why they were there in Jerusalem to begin with. It wasn't like, 
um, you know, like a grassroots deal, and someone tweeted out that Jesus was going to be in Jerusalem, so everyone came. They were there for Passover. They were there for this religious holiday, and then all the trappings that come with it, you know, almost like how we talked about um, the people who were outside of the temple to sell stuff, you know, kind of like the carnival uh, market idea, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, Passover was very similar in that, yes, there were a lot of people that came for the religious holiday to come to the temple, to come to make the the sacrifice and all that. But then there were just, there were merchants, there were people from all over that mm-hmm. were also there because people were there, you know. Yeah. So all these people were there um, for the Passover. There was a feast that they always celebrate during Passover called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. That's when um, the people had to up and leave Egypt, and they took bread with them that didn't have to, that had no yeast in it. So they would celebrate this, which is why the bread becomes such an important image for us and mm-hmm. communion and all mm-hmm. that. And so um, the tensions are building with uh, every every it seems every public appearance. You know, I would say appearance. I'm doing air quotes. Anytime Jesus is talking to people, he's he's seen. Um, Especially now that he's in Jerusalem, right? There's people always around listening. So, especially like Spy Wednesday, you're mm-hmm. right on. Like every time Jesus is talking, it's like someone you almost picture like someone with a little, you know, like notepad, and they're just like writing down, like, oh, here's another reason why yep. Jesus just blasphemed Yahweh, you know, mm-hmm. and and those kinds of things. And so, the tensions are increasing, and the religious leaders are now. I wouldn't say openly, but but they are to there are many of them and they are plotting not to arrest Jesus, not to um pick him up and shoo him out of town, but they are actually plotting to kill him and they're plotting to do it in a way where their hands are clean technically. Um uh, you can read about this in Matthew 26 or in Mark 14 or in Luke 22. Uh you can go and read these in those gospel accounts and read about how they were plotting to do this. Um so I think to truly understand why the timing of all this is really significant is for us to um, have a little bit better grasp on the Jewish holidays themselves. So a, a backdrop, I think, to this could help help bring like the, the scene to life a little bit. So the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were at the very core, they were about... Um, the, they were celebrations of redemption, mm-hmm. okay? Which, I mean, again, we look back on this and we're like, oh, of course, you know? Right. Like, we know where this story's going, but they didn't. This no, was no, their no. redemption that they knew. Um, and so every year they came uh, and, and they gave, the, the Jewish people had this opportunity to remember what the Lord had done for them, bringing them out of Egypt, saving them from oppression, and God told them, that to observe those holidays, to, to observe these moments, these important moments in their life. And because, uh, this is a lesson for all of us to learn, because God knew that they were tempted to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, remember this, remember this. And, and at the time, Passover is the biggest Jewish holiday. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And so everything like from avoiding the yeast in their bread to they sacrificed an unblemished lamb in the evening, all of these different um, actions were supposed to point people back to what God did to save them um, from Egypt, from, you know, Pharaoh and, and, mm-hmm. and all that. So the Jewish people were worshiping um, 
they knew they were worshiping a God who was very intent on redeeming his people. There's no doubt about it. And what we know now, (laughs) and what some people knew there in Jerusalem that day, is that God was so intent on redeeming his people that he wasn't done with what he did in Egypt and what he did with Moses, but he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to to die for us, Mm -hmm. uh, to make that sacrifice for us. And so... Well, they they knew someone was coming. Because of the prophecies yes, in the Old Testament. The they just sh- didn't know he was here already. <laughs> and, yeah. And some of them still don't know that he's already been here mm-hmm. and gone. Yep. That's so, very true. So, um, that, that I think that's pretty, like, living, it's, you know, we talk about how hard it is for us to live by faith. <laughs> and But think about living in the time when the prof- prophecy's being fulfilled and you could literally go see it. Yeah, and you st- and you still and you don't, don't see it, and you still don't see it. You know, and I would love to say, Josh, that I'd be like, oh, I would totally recognize. No, it. I wouldn't. I would not. No. I mean, how skeptical would I be? Yeah. How doubtful? How uh, it just ignorant of the fact? Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about this unaware. Um, after yesterday's episode, and I was sitting there thinking, it was like, if someone came into our church mm. and like started saying that he was Jesus, come back. <laughs> uh huh. I, it would take so much convincing yeah. for me to believe that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it would take a lot of convincing. You know? Yeah. And I mean, and there's a pro- prophecy that he's coming back. Yeah. Even though, even though there's a prophecy of him coming back. Yes. Like if, I guess if, if I don't see him. You mean co- for us in the second coming? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's going to return one yeah. day and yes, yes, yes. I guess, you know, so yeah, I, I kind of get where these people are. Of course. You know, yeah. I, I would probably be one of them. I'm thinking of this story, and I don't know how appropriate it is to tell. So here's a marker in case, Josh, you want to cut it out of the... Ready, mark. <laughs> but so uh, this is when we were still downtown, and it was a communion Sunday. And we we have always uh, practiced, and we believe it's, it's um, right to do so. Um, that communion is an open table yeah. and that we say that all who desire to be in relationship with God through Jesus are welcome at the table. You don't have to be a member of the church or mm-hmm. anything like that. And so we were, uh, it was communion Sunday and, um, there was someone there who was, hadn't been there before and they looked a little, a little rough, uh, most likely were living on the streets, um, mm-hmm. or had at least spent a night or two on the streets, um, just a little little road road worn, and um, he came in and and you know was there in worship and everything. And um, uh, <laughs> Ellen House, love her. She was uh, one of the communion servers that day, and it's just kind of funny that of, of all the people that it was her because this is a funny thing. So um, <laughs> it's time for communion. People are coming up to receive the elements. We we do it by intinction where you receive the bread in your hand and then you dip it into the cup. And um, she was, I think, doing the bread. I can't remember which. And she said, the body of Christ broken for you. And he said, thank you for me. Thank you for my body for me. I remember this. And then he, and then the person said the blood of Christ poured out for you. And he said, thank you, my blood for me. And he, he believed like he was, he was telling people that he was Jesus. Yes. I remember this guy. And, and I was just, I was thinking about that. I don't know how, how appropriate it is to say that, but, 
we were pretty sure that he wasn't Jesus. Yes. Um, and uh, he did go on his merry way. We got him some McDonald's, and uh-huh. and uh, and he he went onward. Um, and then then he showed up at like the fall festival like a couple of days later. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, so someone came pr- yeah. saying that he was Jesus, and um, but he wasn't. No. Um. So, but yeah. So how do we respond to that? I mean, how would? And, and here's the thing: like, how many people had presented themselves as Messiah? to that point mm-hmm. yeah. or how many people had latched their uh, mm-hmm. carts to someone else they hitched their Be- wagon to yeah, another yeah. like they did that with John the Baptist yep yep you know and, and he, he was t- like he told no. him not to do uh-huh. that but like he had an extreme following mm-hmm. that thought he was the fulfillment of the prophecy that he ju- he just didn't know it yet mm-hmm. yeah and and post uh, post ascension of Jesus uh, first century church anyway there were many false um, messiahs that mm-hmm. came that were like, now that Jesus guy wasn't, but I am. Yeah. And and a lot of that transpired. So, yeah. So I think uh, we we agree that um, as much as we're like, and they didn't even know that he was the well, messiah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's incredible that, that they were living in a time that was being fulfilled and they didn't see it. Yeah. But then it also goes, oh, they did, if they didn't see it, would I? <laughs> Exactly, because and that's the po- that's a really good point because if you go back, Jesus in line with prophecy, and in spite of all the people that wanted to get rid of him, mm-hmm. he was going he 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 was going to be the ultimate Passover sacrifice, and he he was going to take on the sin of the world. He was going to take that on his shoulders. He was going to defeat death once and for all. And this was just a couple of days away that mm-hmm. and this when this is happening. And Jesus was not vague about any of this. No. Was he, did did the listeners understand what he said? No, but no. he wasn't vague about mm-hmm. it. Um, already on several, several different occasions, um, again, you go read in Matthew and Mark and Luke, Jesus predicted in those accounts that his death was near. And they were like, no, 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 it'll be, you know. And You're only 33. <laughs> you at least got You have 45. your life in front of you. you you've got till like 40. <laughs> <laughs> that day and age. Oh my goodness! So, um, Jesus knew it was going to be in Jerusalem. Uh, he knew that he'd be rejected by the pre the the chief priests and the elders. He knew he'd be hand o- handed over to the Gentiles. He knew he'd be mocked and flogged and crucified. He knew all these things, even though he like he knew three days later this was happening. Or excuse me, he knew that in three days he would raise to life after those things happened. And while it seems that Jesus couldn't have been any clearer, even his closest followers, so even the one who declared himself to be like the favorite, John, didn't understand yet. Right. So, you know, why would we assume that we would we would have it? So, um, <clears throat> I did this on Sunday too. I think I've oops, sorry, I hit the mic a couple of times in the maybe in the last two episodes as well, devisodes. Um, you know, here we are in the 21st century, Josh, and it's easy to look back at the warnings and the timing of all this and be like, it is so obvious. How could they have not known? But, you know, yeah. let, let's look back a few days. Many people, many people in Jerusalem, um, Jesus' closest friends included, they were still hoping for a conquering king. Mm-hmm. They were still hoping for, like we were saying, like some of the, the theories is that Judas was like, 
Now he's gonna he's about to step up and I'm gonna and, force him yeah, to yeah. play his hand. And they were hoping that he would drive out Rome, the Roman influence. He was hoping that he would reestablish um uh, for those who were more religious, because I know there were just people that were like, let's get Rome out of here. I don't really care about the whole God thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there were those that were like, we're tired of the um, the self-righteousness of the of the religious leaders mm-hmm. and all that they're adding on to this. So let's let's reestablish God's earthly kingdom and let's let's make it so. And um, one of the reasons that Jesus was so warmly received, on Palm Sunday is because people believed that he had arrived to like Take violently over. strike down the whoever was in charge, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was religiously or politically, um, basically just Israel's enemies. So, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Um, and now, <laughs> you know, we talked about cleansing the temple um, and then teaching the crowds, some people were starting to realize, oh, I don't, I don't think this is necessarily, this isn't going to go the way I thought it was. Right. He seems to have a different agenda mm-hmm. than, than we have. So, so the true savior King Jesus, he, he, he was still going to defeat the powers of death and oppression. He was going to, um, strike down Israel's enemies, but not in the way that anyone expected and or wanted you know, yeah. so here we have the Savior King, and he's going to die for his people, which is so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, willing to lay down his life, and if there would be violence, Josh, it would be Jesus experiencing it, mm-hmm. not him. You know, calling it down upon the uh, others. He was going to take the violence upon himself. Right, which Oof. is is so interesting because what they were expecting him to do was something radical. Yeah. And then when he did something radical, <laughs> because it was radical to what they were expecting. Yep. yep. So they got what they wanted, just in a different... And it's kind of like, it, you know how people say there's unanswered prayers? Uh-huh. Well, there's never unanswered prayers. Garth it's just Brooks a, sang about yeah, it, yeah. It's it's just a different answer than you were expecting? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yep. And, and that's exactly what they got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wanted a, a, a radical new leader, and, and he gave they it got it, but it was not what they wanted. Yeah, It's kind of like, um, I, I don't know if this is a good example, but it's like, sometimes we want, like, I want a new idea or a new whatever, and then someone gives a new idea, and you're like, no, I don't like that. that Give wasn't me what a I'm... different new idea. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, so here we have... Um, Jesus has taken the violence upon himself, and you know if there was going to be violence, he was going to take it on. If there was going to be upheaval, it was going to be Jesus himself who was who was flipping the world upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Like if yep. there was going to be revolution, it would be because following Jesus was going to be a completely new way of being a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, wow, who was expecting that? No, nobody. Because so, they were expecting him to be radical mm-hmm. in the box that they already knew in existed. In their tiny little... Yep, exactly. And yep. because because these were like... Because they wanted someone to be radical against who mm-hmm. they were like the biblical or the Torah people at yep. that point. You know, like this is this is the, um, bib, the religious stuff. So we need radical against that. And what's mm-hmm. radical against religion is war. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. So... To these religious leaders, then, uh, you know, the ones that oppose Jesus, 
all of this, you know, had to be incredibly intimidating mm-hmm. because the things Jesus was saying uh, either called them out for their hypocrisy or for their blindness to to God, or it kind of it kind of seemed to suggest that maybe they weren't needed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got these chief priests and teachers and scribes and and elders, and they saw Jesus and they saw his teaching and they saw his followers as dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous to how they had designed their world. Yeah. Um. So we talk about radical. Jesus was far too radical for them, mm-hmm. and radical in humility and love. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So that's far too inspiring for change. Yeah. Yeah. Like um his his way of living, his his call for people to repent, um, it meant that there's it meant that their um special status was simply a show. It was like, oh no, we're needed. Like I, I we're needed to be these these in this tier of religious hierarchy in order for the people to be made pure. Yeah. And Jesus has come along saying, no, you repent, uh, you know, you individual, you know, repent, believe the gospel, be baptized, be God, believe in the gospel and, and be saved. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what? Like, I don't have to go to the temple. I don't have to, you know, I'm to, I don't have to go make a sacrifice. Like Jesus didn't say don't go to the temple, but like he's kind of starting to, in, you know, in introduce a new way of relating to God. Yeah. And it's through him. Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, they're for the religious leaders, their made up rules didn't actually make them more holy anymore. And so, you know, all of a sudden you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they're, they're, I mean, according to Jesus, they're no better than the leper or the widow, which is considered the lowest (laughs) of the low at that point in time. Yeah. If you're a widow leper, you're in big trouble. Mm. Yeah. And we're not talking about the the animal that you can (laughs) find. Leopard. Leper, which yeah. is like a disease that's very contag- was very contagious at the time. Yeah, I think so. I don't. Yeah. I don't really know the. I, we think we talked about this before too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was so contagious that they sent you to like a <laughs> leper colony. Yep. You were sent away. Yeah. I think you had to call out unclean, unclean yeah. whenever you came. People came around you. So, um, so it, it was what Jesus was setting up was it was about the condition of our heart that mattered and. He had the power to change that. And so what needs to happen from the religious leader's point of view um, turns out to be exactly what God intended from the beginning um, because they are plotting to kill Jesus. And uh, they needed a little help. And so mm-hmm. they had a spy come along to help them named yep. Judas. Mm-hmm. And so as uh, so they're moving their mission forward, which is to get rid of Jesus. And Jesus was going to basically take their mission and use it for his glory. He was going to use it to rescue his people um, because he was going to accomplish this with his death on the cross. So think of it like this. Even even through the most wicked act ever conceived, God's purposes were still fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Nothing was going to thwart this at all. So, sitting here, friends, halfway through Holy Week, a couple of questions for us to consider today. How are we preparing for the good news that we know is coming this weekend? How are we preparing? 
how are we preparing that in our hearts right now? Um, because when the weekend, when, when Easter comes, um, kind of like the crowds there in Jerusalem that day, do we want Jesus to be something, you know, you were saying like, we want, we want him to fit in our own little box of our mm-hmm. idea of who he yeah. is. You know, do we want Jesus to be something of our own creation? Um, or do we understand the significance of, of what he wants to do? And it's radical mm-hmm. to most likely what we have ever conceived. Mm-hmm. And so, um, Ooh, and yeah. even, even a good thought is how do you react to when you realize that you can't fit Jesus in your box? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, that's a very good question because um, I I would hope, Josh, that like in just even pondering it that way, mm-hmm. we would be able to pump the brakes and go, oh, hold on a minute. I'm trying to fit God in here, but I don't, I don't I, know if we're I know there. I don't do that yeah. Yeah. as I should. Mm-hmm. There are some days where I'm a little bit better in my walk and, and I go, oh, okay. And then there's other days I'm like, it. Yeah. I just yeah. want it to go this way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely relate to that even right now with what, you know, in the life of our church and us discerning, like, where's the way forward, you know, beyond mm-hmm. this affiliation and all that stuff. Um, you know, it's like, okay, on some days I'm pretty certain what my personal opinion is, mm-hmm. um, but I want I want to know what the Lord, you know, wants to know. And, and, and um, you know, I I'm, I'm discerning that as well as a lot of other people. So, yeah. yeah. And, like, do we – I don't want to fit him into – what I think is the best idea. I want to know what he wants Mm -hmm. and and I want to follow. So, um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot more happening between now and, um, Sunday, resurrection Sunday. There's more to look forward to and to experience. So Holy week is not over. And tonight, what do we got going on, Joshua? If you're listening to this anytime before six o'clock on Thursday night, Mm -hmm. April 12th, Please come to the worship night. April 13th. Today, sorry. Yeah, April 13th, you got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we're getting our days mixed up, yeah. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, April 13th. Yep. No, Wednesday, April 13th. <laughs> Forgive us, friends. We, we we do know what we're doing, kind of. Today is Wednesday, April 13th. <laughs> if is. you're listening to this before 6 o'clock, please come to the worship night in the auditorium. That's right. Yeah, we'll be in there for a time of prayer and worship, and um, just it's just a good time to. We've been saying this like pause as we make our way to um, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, and so. maybe even say a prayer that we'll remember what day is Sunday, so we're <laughs> so here we'll for be Easter. Here. So we'll show up. That'll be nice. So. <laughs> hey, Porch Community, thanks for uh, being with us this week, especially during these special devisodes, and we look forward to talking to you. Um, later and hopefully seeing you tonight in worship. See you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.